0: Your son's an arsonist.
1: A arsonist?
2: Arsonist. <laughs> yes, a narcissist.
3: It's a narcissist arsonist.
2: Hello, and welcome to the 1L2N Podcast. I am Amy, and we are joined by some very accomplished people today. Missy? Yay, I'm an adult. Mike?
4: Mm-hmm, that is me. Tommy? That's me.
2: And our most accomplished guest, Liam. Yo. We are a family of creatives going through the story writing process, and we're bringing you along for the ride. Hello, everyone. Guess what today is. It's a creative prompt day. You guessed right. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) So excited. Before we get into that. We have time to guess. That's fine. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. where was where our chance we... to
5: guess? Because okay, I totally forgot that's sorry. what we were guessing. Druggies, yeah. Hey guys, guess it's, what today is? A creative prompt day! It's May Day! Sure. What did Mike say?
4: Oh. All of, all it's, of Shanday, it's a creative prompt day.
5: It's, today is May Day, though. It's an actual holiday.
4: Gross. Did I get right? Anyways, cool. Shout you did out it. to
5: all the Anapolitans out there decorating their front door today.
4: <laughs> what is May Day? We know
5: who you are.
0: Besides a cry for help.
3: i
5: don't actually know yeah neither do i the origin of it i just know that it people it's like the unofficial start of spring like in the community so people decorate flowers on their front door or you know front stoop or whatever to celebrate the forthcoming
0: spring according to this wonderful source called wikipedia it's a european festival of ancient origins marking the beginning of summer usually celebrated on 1 oh, May. Oh, yeah,
5: yes, summer not spring.
0: It does not say May 1st. It, it's interesting though that in Wikipedia it says Wait. celebrated on 1 May.
5: Well, the 1st of May.
0: Yeah. But it doesn't because it doesn't have an ST, it just day, says 1 May. Yeah.
5: Well, it's because they they put the day before the month. Yeah. Cuz it goes day month year. Cuz it makes and sense we're that silly way. Americans um, who put
0: it out of order. It
2: still would be interesting. They should still say 1st of May. The fact that they say 1 May is very
0: strange. Yeah, maybe if they said 1st May, 2nd May, 5th May. does sound May.
5: weird. I think in France it's premiere yep. May. Yes. Like the first day is premiere. Yeah.
4: yeah, that's, that's right. It's that's sure. interesting.
0: I know that the date format is backwards, but how, how do non Americans actually say it? Do they say
4: 1 May? Dash Rose comes ask. Yeah. Um, if if uh, you're I don't, not an American. Do they use firsts? <laughs>
5: please. <laughs> I've heard people it's say dangerous. like 14th May. If you were more than 14 May, yeah. but you don't often hear the. On the first, you know, so mm. he's like first of May.
2: Well, how's everyone doing today on this one <laughs> May? <laughs> not oh to date God. the podcast, right? <laughs> no, that's yeah. fine. They'll, It'll be up eventually. Bonus content. Bonus. How's How's everyone's Ooh. been? weeks been going?
0: Yeah, not too bad. Skipped the podcast last week and recorded vocals for The Cursing Tree. And this week we finished the almost final production of it. Um, We just have a couple small little pickup things to do. Really, really happy with how it turned out for the most part. So that should be coming out very shortly. Excited.
2: Woo. I think we all are. It's been a long time coming. Yeah. It's been a journey. Yeah. I'm excited that we're like right there at the finish line. It's very exciting. And by the time they're hearing this, it'll already be
0: out. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, we'll be like, go check we're it out. almost releasing it. And it would be like two months ago. <laughs> <In 30 laughs> <a second. laughs> uh, yeah. Aaron and I are going to get an actual apartment as opposed to just living in a camper. So we're going to upgrade Yay. from about 220 square feet to about 500. So, oh, wow. But That's I do really get big. to put a semi permanent setup for recording. So I'm pretty happy about that. My vocal booth, I don't have to take up and put down all the time or take to another spot and record. Yeah, I That'll be. Fun. I find it
4: super adorable that when you were talking about moving, that one of the stipulations that Aaron was looking for was that it was good for audio recording. <laughs> like, <laughs> through how much hell that you've put her through with all this, like, oh, yep, yeah, you know what? I'm going to take up this space. I'm going to take up this space. This space is mine, too. And she's like... I love my husband. Oh my gosh. She is not innocent in the space department. She likes to (laughs) pretend
0: like she is. But I, when we moved into the camper to go to school, she had the majority of the space, like two thirds of it. And when she comes back, she will also have two thirds of it. So it's, it's totally, I I'm used to not having a lot of space. I just I took over because I wanted to do this recording thing because I have a passion. Player. that it I It was had
4: to it's it's the chief. It's time you reign now. Yeah, what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> she's definitely the <laughs> the head of house.
5: So what will happen to your camper?
0: Uh, we're gonna store it or sell it. We might sell it because okay. it is at a pretty decent value. And Aaron did an incredible a uh, job fixing the inside making it look totally different than the camper. On the outside, it looks like an old camper that belongs in the middle of the desert. But on the inside, it is a lot more homely and different colors, lots of little artworks, you know, new countertops and all this stuff. She did a lot of work. So mm-hmm. we might we might sell it. We're going to store it for now and then figure out maybe we'll build a tiny house after I get out of grad school. Should be good. That'd be really dope. Yeah. Amy, how are you doing this week?
2: Uh, I'm having great. <laughs> Really? I do I've been doing a lot of editing. Like a lot of editing. Like a lot of editing. Mm. That's okay. All of that. Listen, motorcycle outside. Shut up.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I thought it was your stomach. <laughs> it was like <laughs>
4: oh.
3: You know how it gets so
4: hungry. <laughs> yeah. uh, we didn't didn't we go to Ronaldo Garden this week? Did we? It literally I seems thought... like forever ago.
2: We did. We walked around this really pretty. Wait, was that this past week? Jesus, Louise. Walked around this this really pretty place uh, called Rinaldo, Ronaldi Rinal- R- Raga- Ragnarok Garden. It was really pretty. <laughs> and good. they had some like tulips that were like black with like a slight red hint to them. It was really cool looking. They looked very metal.
1: And yeah, then we yeah, walked around
2: awesome. and there's like some trails and stuff near there that we were walking. And it was just really pretty and nice and lush and green and I always find that when you walk through those places, it just like really weirdly recharges me. So,
3: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, it was it was really awesome to be able to go out and explore and just kind of explore the new space or new town that I'm living in. So it's yeah, it's been really fun. Nice, nice to have a little guide
4: to to show me all these <laughs> wonderful yeah, places. It is me. Now we're <laughs> gonna go back to the Rinalda House because it's if I'm not mistaken, it's like the first or second largest in house organ in the U.S. And basically, I mean, I've said this multiple times, but you stand in their living room and the second floor is just like an entire balcony. It's like a square balcony. And on the first floor, it would look like where there should be a fireplace. There's the organ player, all the keys there. And then all the pipes are like just hidden in the wall. So if someone plays one note, you're just surrounded. You literally have surround sound. It's so great. It's like such a weird feeling, but it's also amazing. So we're going to go there at some point. I can't wait to build that into my house one day. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, Aaron would love that.
3: You know, shut up. (laughs)
0: Yeah, She can have like 10 dogs and I'll have a pipe organ in the house. That'll be our trade off.
4: And then you scare the crap out of the dogs by playing one note from the pipe organ. (laughs) She can have 10 dogs doesn't mean she can keep them
3: they're gonna <laughs> run away they'll
2: oh just goodness. start singing along with the with the organ it'll be fine
4: yeah you get in yeah you have to get a pipe that specifically makes a howl noise
0: <laughs> just cute video that i've seen a couple times but i saw it again this week and it's a beagle who walks up to uh, just a you know regular upright piano and taps on the keys and starts howling after he's tapping on the keys it's pretty adorable i feel like that yeah, is that gonna be adorable. our house one day
2: oh probably instead so of children you'll and musical, musical prodigies, you'll just have a
4: bunch of musical puppies
0: and security cats. <laughs> yeah, there you
4: go. uh, Good. Can you put little bow ties on them for me? No, but sunglasses. Definitely sunglasses. You
0: can't be a okay. security No, that's a good that trade off. Yeah.
4: yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's very true. Maybe a little
0: earpiece. I don't know. We'll see if we can get one of kitty <laughs> <it>. earpiece. Yeah. <laughs> we'll That'd
2: be chew fun. It off for sure.
0: Mm. <laughs> yeah, probably.
2: Anyways, let's get into the creative prompt. Last week, we were given a very well-thought-out, so intensely you know, inspiring word by our creative maestro, Michael, fan.
4: <laughs> Just to give, I, I want everyone to have a little rundown of what he did, though, because Mike was picked from the dice roll, and we watched him in the camera literally looks over his left shoulder for three seconds. And looks back and says fan, and that was it. (laughs) I mean, if it works, it works, but I found it very funny.
0: Well, you know, I figure your inspiration can come from anything, and you don't have to think a lot and really hard sometimes to do it. Sometimes you can just see something and let it inspire you and take you over. Now, thankfully, I was too busy, and I did not come up with a uh, challenge this week for Fan, <laughs> so I'm really excited to see how everybody else is uh, I actually had some great ideas, because I think there are several things that you could do with Fan, um, so we'll see what, what everybody else came up with. Yeah.
5: Would anyone like to volunteer to go first? I can go first, and we can get mine out of the way. Sure.
4: That sounds good. Okay.
5: I originally wanted to do something like actual physical art with glitter, and I was really excited about it, but I can't find my glitter, which was really sad. (laughs) Oh, no. So I wrote a sad poem instead.
4: (laughs) I love the progression.
5: Dreams are like clouds. They distract us from the reality around us. They look beautiful from afar, but when you fly through them, they're nothing, and all they do is block your view of the world below. We reach for them, but try as we may, we can never touch them, for they are forever out of our reach. And when they fall, they devastate and upend the world around us. From a distance, they seem so full and thick, as tangible as anything you could hold in your hand. But up close, they evaporate as vapor. Like trying to hold water in the palm of your hand, they slip through your fingers. The tighter you try to cling to them, the faster they slip away. So notice the clouds. Acknowledge they exist. Admire their beauty from afar. Then go back to focusing on the world around you, and leave the clouds where they belong.
0: It was good. It's pretty good.
5: Yeah. What? So originally, when I thought of the word fan, like I was thinking about moving air, and that mm. kind of led me to the theme of doing clouds. Oh, so, nice. but and I also
0: sorry. It, if so, how does glitter come into your fan idea then? Don't is worry it about it. use it <laughs> for a different idea. <laughs> okay. I'll
5: explain that in a second. Because okay. I also thought about things that I love or things that I chase after while simultaneously thinking about clouds. And the reality is for me that life has been really discouraging for me lately. And I've been reading through this book that's about how to handle the death of a dream. So combined all of that together, those ideas kind of came together to form the piece. And so that everybody knows this sentiment doesn't mean that's how I always feel. It's just kind of an honest reflection of where I'm at recently. The glitter side of it was I wanted to take Glitter and glue, and put it, you know, on canvas, and then take a fan and kind of have it blowing across the canvas in different, like, sequential stages, so that it created a variegated Jesus. art piece. Um, oh, and I was cool. really excited to do that, and then that was... really bummed when I couldn't find that glitter. Damn! I don't. They put I'll it in a different box. Be the see glitter
2: that. you want to <laughs> see in the
4: world.
5: <laughs> yeah, I don't. So, <laughs> <yourself the> glitter <laughs> is my dreams, and my dreams were crushed. Oh. No, you, I should like have, the poem. you
4: should have let me know. I would have totally bought you some glitter. I want to see that now. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a fun Eventually project. Eventually, I'll
5: find it, and there'll be another prompt word that'll be like, okay, I can I do the glitter.
4: But. <laughs> Industrial fan is the next prompt word. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So, yeah. That's there pretty good. I like that.
2: Yeah, I like it. It was nice and short and... I don't want to say short and sweet, because it wasn't technically sweet, but... Short and savory. <laughs> it was short and savory. You got it. You nailed it on the <laughs> short <and savory. laughs>
5: proverbial it was
2: was
5: probably it was short and sour
4: oh short and sour sour yeah yeah that's fair. (laughs)
2: but i I still liked
0: it It it's good at least you're still being creative in in a funk i think that helps people get through it a lot of times yeah Yeah. express a different side of yourself and you can always reflect on that later so it's good
4: i I will say regardless of what you do i always appreciate that there is a storyline to whatever you're doing because it usually progresses from one thing to another you're like Here's how I got to this point. I thought of this, and then this, yeah. and then this. So, yeah. Oh, well, because like
5: fun. it makes sense in my head, but yeah, no, no. On paper, people are like, okay, the prompt was fan. How the hell did you get there? Yeah, yeah
2: that's yeah. what I was saying. I was like, I like this poem, but I'm so confused. <laughs> but it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. I
5: was trying to decide between the two, like fan, like a fan, fan blowing, and fan, like fandom, and I'm a fan of things, and it kind of merged into like one cohesive idea combined. So.
2: Mm. Was good. Was good? Well, I think I'm gonna go next. Right. Just because I'm pretty sure Tommy's is better than mine. <laughs> so when creating mine, I took fan literally like a fan. Except <laughs> what? I didn't Wait,
3: Which one? <laughs> <laughs>
4: you are sounding so inspired tonight.
2: <laughs> what can I say? I'm a paragon of energy. I don't even know if this right. It doesn't matter. Whatever. What I did. Instead of using a boxed fan, I used a hand fan. So for the audience, I just opened up my hand fan that I have and you can't see that, but you maybe heard it. Okay, let's go. Up, but no Up, ba da 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 up, the the to the
5: the build-up and then the drawback down is just like opening and closing a fan.
2: Yeah. And the, the way it's done in the program I use, it looks like a hand fan as well.
5: Ooh, like the way the sound's going up and
2: down. No, no, no. Just like the, 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 like the, the, all uh, of the wave. different, yeah, the audio, wa- well, not the audio waves, but like all of the different audio files, the way I have it set up, it looks like it's in the shape of a little fan. So.
4: That's fun. Nice to take a picture. Of very creative. Yeah. Yeah. So I, can, yeah. I mean, it's like an
2: artistic fan. It's not like exactly a fan,
0: but yes, <laughs> I
4: can. <laughs> but still, multiple providing.
0: layers are always the best. Yes,
2: But yeah, I just thought that that would be fun to use a hand fan and create like the different noises. And I didn't know what kind of noises I'd get out of it. And it was all a lot of percussion, which I was totally fine with. Yeah, I even it, tried, it like, you know how when you're a kid and you, like, shove your face in a fan, you're like, ah, you know? <laughs> I was trying to kind of do that with a, this fan blowing, like, <laughs> and singing, but it didn't affect it at all. So, you just could <laughs> kind of hear wind a little bit every once in a while. So, I was like, all right, well, that's fine. But I added the vocals because I thought I needed a little something. But,
3: yeah, that was it. That's cool.
0: How I'm long gonna... did it take you to make?
2: No, Only a few hours. It wasn't too bad. I just sampled myself doing a bunch of noises with the fan, like a bunch of them in the same take, figuring out which one sounded best, and then figuring out, okay, how can I make a beat out of this? So I think Mm. I took like 15 different segments of me making like the different noises, and then narrowed it down to only like five, and then chose the best ones out of that, and tried to see how they could fit and move them around, so it was like all kind of timed in a certain way, so.
3: Mm.
5: And you wound up with Three different layers of vocals.
2: And then three yeah, and then the three different okay. layers of vocals. Yeah, I originally had a, a vocal and I was really excited to do it, but then I think Tommy and I were gonna go do something. And so I was like, I'll just sing it later and I totally forgot. So I was like, crap, I have to figure out a new thing. <laughs> Which is fine. Whatever it happens.
0: Next time bring a piece of paper and write it down. that way when you get back, you can well, listen no, I, to I, it off the paper.
2: I, um you know what, Mike? You're right. That's how <laughs> Listening works okay, good job <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, one tip that I, I so I listen to a lot of YouTube music production and audio production people and specifically I listen to them I've talked about it before. one of them says, if you have an idea for composing, just get a voice recorder app for your phone and hum out that yes. little you know snippet because yes as you're being. Creative and sometimes you know, inspiration finds you in the strangest spots. Maybe you can just hum it out into that recording app, and it would make a little bit difference later.
2: We've definitely talked about that on the podcast before, and that's normally what I do, but I was like, oh, I'll for sure remember this. Like I have been singing this nonstop all morning, and then I didn't. So oh well, I'll know for next time.:
4: I kind of had a, a very similar thing happen to me, but pretty much I record anything immediately that I can because I know I'm gonna forget it. But I had one of the fairy tale projects I did, the parody one of Mike telling him please not buy anything else. I had that melody in my head. I forget I think I was on like a two hour car drive and I just basically had to sing it that entire two hours. So it was stuck in my <laughs> head. Cause like I didn't want to pull up my phone and I was driving. I was like all right, I have to sing this. I have to put this to memory. That was the only way I, I got back with it. <laughs> and it worked. But yeah, I oh record something. Like if you have an idea, you need to record it because I'm I mean, knowing me, I just forget things instantaneously. So it's like, get that idea down.
0: Sometimes I will record it. And I would say about 50 percent of the time, the things I record sound terrible when I put them into implementation. (laughs) I I don't know what it is, but I'm like, yes, in my head it's like, oh yeah, I hear the melody, this is perfect, this is going to work really well and then as soon as I try to put it on paper or in a program or anything, just totally. (laughs) No, on paper only. Yeah, only on paper.
2: Uh, That's how we write songs, is we just handwrite them.
0: We put it on paper, we show it to the camera for our computer and then it makes music. (laughs) (laughs) Just (laughs) The
4: creative process the creative process our entire podcast debunked (laughs) we just show it to the camera and it does it oh man that's what all the money really went to
2: artificial intelligence yeah and cake Mm -hmm. (laughs) no oh yeah real quick not to cut you off tommy but to cut you off
0: mike what happened this week i bought a cake why'd
2: you buy a cake (laughs)
0: Because I'm a fatty.
2: No. I just
0: wanted cake.
2: Because of why?
0: Because it was cake time.
2: Because it was his birthday. Happy birthday, Michael. You're 105 now or...
5: (laughs) What is it? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: 103.
5: Let's not rush
0: things. Okay. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Uh, and, and Amy, you are not that much younger than me. So. Yeah. I don't, uh, I'm just being a dick. Oh. Like 90. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, I, don't, I don't care about <laughs> my age, really. I can't wait to be an old man with a giant beard yelling at kids to get off my lawn. Oh, it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you already
5: do that? Yeah, but our generation isn't really allowed to own lawns. So. Yeah, or
0: have kids. <laughs> or oh, <no. well, laughs> oh, Missy being the real, exception in the family, but Can't. always
2: eh. the lawbreaker.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well happened? <laughs> Break tradition. Thanks. Okay, back to Tali's project. <laughs> My turn. <laughs>
4: you for the fan project
5: <laughs> that was
2: Amazing. great, that was
3: awesome.
5: so clever, that was so good. Thank you, thank you. Oh, you both did such unique, clever play on sound things. I love it.
4: That one was well, first of all, it was two things. So, the I sampled a, a button and then. I kind of like reversed it at the beginning, as you can hear, and then I had everything coming in to kind of I don't know simulate electricity uh, in in music form. And then I came into a problem. Also, I'm a fan of Tron, so that's the reason why this is. In the yeah,
2: style. that's totally the vibes I got.
4: But I think it goes to something like a thousand eight hundred BPM in this or something like that. <laughs> so it's, oh, it goes pretty high, but Cubase only supports three hundred and sixty. So what I had to do is I I basically had everything in like eighth notes playing at a very slow BPM. And then specifically for our string instruments, at a certain point, the attack of the string instrument is so slow that it will not play. So I had to export mm-hmm. a slower version of it and keep time crunching it and crunch it and crunch it to get those faster oh, fan yeah. spins. Oh. And then I made sure that... I might probably heard this. I don't know if you guys did. Basically, I wanted it so... At least all the early fan spins—they were moving from the left to right ear to just simulate a fan spinning.
2: Oh, I God. I could definitely yeah. feel like it was spinning in my head. Yeah,
4: yeah. That's that. That was the idea. It 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 was less musical and more literally a fan starting up. So. I
5: could also feel like my heartbeat. Getting faster and faster at one point, I realized I'd stop breathing, and I had to like force my body to calm down because I was having an anxiety reaction to the music yeah. <laughs> that's what you like to do here They remind
0: you it reminded me really cool. of mass effect quite a bit because oh. of, of the the definitely the yeah, the synth in general, the nice bouncy sort of reverberant synth is a very Reminiscent of hold on, I gotta look this up. There's a composer who does uh, Mass Effect. Yeah. Anyway, I really I, I like the Mass Effect sort of sound, but I also like the fact that you combined strings with it to get that nice short attack. There was one part that I was like, Oh, that poor string player because I was like, They're gonna have to go really quickly. But yeah, it makes sense that you were <laughs> yeah. speeding it up, obviously. Yeah.
4: Yeah, that was good stuff. Good, good. It was fun. It was fun to make. I like the
2: um combined, like, the creativity of, you know, the actual music combined with, like, the silliness at the end. Yeah. I thought that that was really nice. Because it's, it's kind of, I don't know, it was definitely unexpected, and, and, and it was a, a fun look. Because I was like, how is he going to end it? Is it going to be, like, a big bass drop? Like, what's he going to do? So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I really liked that. I thought that was, that was a really... Really creative and really, it sounded awesome. Like you were saying, it definitely had Tron vibes. I was like, Man, I want to go watch Tron again now.
4: <laughs> well, this is so I basically took it because I'm still very, very like a noob at mixing, but I took all the basic ideas that Mike has trying to been you know, to, to, to has hmm, let me reset this. <laughs> I cannot, has been taught, yeah, has been taught, you know, <laughs> we'll just keep that in, has been taught, yeah, um, <laughs> has been taught me and. I felt like the strings in particular, at least those longs, turned out they sounded really nice. I don't know about the synths because I've never mixed synths before. It was just very experimental mixing and it was a lot of fun to do it. No, it it sounded very, from a mixing
0: standpoint, actually, that was one of the things I did notice. It it sounded a lot more polished than some of the previous stuff that you've done. Not to say that the previous stuff you've done is bad by any means, but this is not good by mixing. This is a step up. So, yeah. You know, that's obviously what we're trying of- to do is just get better all the time. Yeah. yeah,
4: exactly. Yeah. I also learned well I learned a lot about like just audio files in general. And they're pretty fun to mix with and just edit in general. Like there's so many little like that especially that beginning part. I basically like reversing it was fun, but then I I put some like modular effects on it, so it was basically bringing the pitch of a lot of these things Like, from up all the way down, and then I took two of the button sounds that I I made synths into, and then I was panning them from left to right to bring it it just basically all to the center eventually. So it was like, once you get to the non-reversed stuff, it feels like it actually like crawled into all of that i guess i don't know what i'm saying but yeah it was fun i think we do i think we know what you're saying at least i do i mean everybody else might be like
0: what is he talking about
4: panning and i think that yeah i think that's the case i
5: get the basic gist yeah even if I don't understand the details. I'm oh, sorry, would you say I totally work. blacked out?
4: Do you want me to speak again? Because <laughs> no, everything no. I've said so far was a disaster. <laughs> so I
3: don't know.
5: Yeah. Don't worry. The editor in me is still cringing from the word totting.
2: <laughs>
4: oh, no. Totting's good.
3: I the mean, editor has has me been is been cringing
2: totting. from having to listen to that again. So. Has been totting?
4: <laughs> has been totting t- 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 it. Yeah.
5: yeah. I can't. And I'll never get over It's that. good.
4: Thank you. He speak well. <laughs>
5: Well,
2: you do good speed. <laughs> you do good speak, yeah, yeah. Well, that was very exciting. Good job, everyone. High fives all around, except for Tommy. Nope, not Tommy.
0: Mike and Liam.
4: What? Because you didn't do anything, so <laughs> screw I you guys. gave the
0: inspiration, okay? <laughs> sure, it's sure, sure, it's sure. not easy being amused. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. It took a lot um, of effort to turn my head and look towards the <laughs> fan. <laughs> I'm actually kind of glad I didn't do it because my idea was kind of like Tommy's to, to, to create an audio that was speeding up a bit and bouncing back and forth. But he did it way better than I would have. So it's good. It's fine.
2: Uh, Liam, what would you
0: have done?
1: I made a fan noises with my mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Awesome.
0: <laughs> See, the the one thing that nobody did, which was also a possibility, is to have it be as somebody is a fan of what you're doing. You know. I was trying to figure out a way to combine as many different fan things as possible together just for fun. But you know, I was
4: gonna say that's country. what I kind of did, but not really. I was Literally, it was very loose. It was just, I was a fan of Tron. I like Tron's (laughs) composing. (laughs) So that's basically why I did all that synth and string stuff.
3: Well,
2: all right. Let's see who's going to pick our new creative prompt. And I will say, because I forgot to say this before, what we like to do here at 1L2N is we like to do these creative prompts because it helps to get our creative juices flowing. And so usually what we do is we pick a word or we roll a dice, see who picks the word. And then we all take some time. It can be a little bit of time. It can be a lot of bit of time, whatever makes you feel comfortable. And we create something out of it. And it's just a fun way to get, like I was saying, get our creative juices flowing, get us out of our comfort zone and try new things. So last week we had Fan. And this week or this coming week, which who's it going to be? Let's see. It'll be. Oh, no, it's me. Um.
5: Gotta be rigged. Gotta be rigged. Make it a good God. one. always rigged. It's rigged. <laughs> oh, You're welcome. You all did geez. this. <laughs> guys, why did
2: oh, you great. do this to us?
3: <laughs> <a>
2: bitch. Oh. <laughs> so, rigged is the new creative prompt. If you guys want to participate in this creative prompt, or if you made something for fan, hit us up over at 1L2Nproductions.com or On any of our socials, and we would love to see what you made. Did you also come up with something to do with an actual fan or with like fandom? We want to see your different interpretations of it. So let us know. And that I think concludes the creative prompt portion. So let's hop into the meat of today: the meat and the bread and the whole dessert potatoes. Oh yeah, meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes or beets and potatoes.
0: Beeps are good.
5: Potatoes are bouncing. Potato. potato. For the Batman. Let's talk about the Batman.
4: He's <laughs> <laughs> going really good.
2: I'm amazing at hosting this podcast. let let you know, that was a seamless transition. So from meat and potatoes to Batman, the Batman specifically. Meat and
4: potatoes when with are dark and scary, Jackson. just like the Batman. <laughs> They've done something like that.
5: So we in have order fun. to have your meat and potatoes. You must kill something, just like the Batman, Batman? requires death. <laughs> I'm
3: trying to get us
2: in a dark mood. Oh,
3: okay. okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so we've finally um all seen the the new Batman, and we just kind of wanted to talk about it because I know especially Mike has got some thoughts for you today, along with everybody else. Yeah. So let's
0: get it. Mike, would you like to go first? Sure. I did not think that there needed to be another Batman movie. I I will preface this by saying my favorite superhero is Batman. I think that out of all the media that I've seen, I really like the idea of Batman. I think when I try and contemplate why I like Batman so much, it's the idea that somebody who has everything is giving it up to do something selfless. And there is a part of that that's pretty something to aspire to although you know maybe batman could i don't know help some of the poor people of the city and that would probably solve a lot of crime as well but give
5: philanthropy a chance
0: (laughs) and and sometimes named representations of batman he obviously does that sort of thing but as if in terms of just a comic book superhero and not trying to look at it from a political type means um batman's probably my favorite but I didn't really need a new Batman movie. I wasn't really looking forward to it. But again, I was going to watch it because I'm a fan and I was pleasantly surprised. It has its flaws and we'll discuss some of those. But I think it is one of my favorite Batman movies. I think it's one of my favorite representations of Batman in general. And I am curious to see what other people thought about it before we dive in to the 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 beats of Batman and the potatoes. <laughs> Of Batman.
3: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what would be
5: the beets and potatoes of Batman?
0: Just in general. Well, the beets is him punching people. Oh, okay.
5: But it also, beet juice is used to dye things red. hmm And you know what else is red? Blood.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was also a lot of red in the film. Was there, a, was. <laughs> yeah, there was. there was. <laughs> it was a very red film, which I liked, because I think it gave it a unique cinematic style in comparison to uh, other Batman films.
4: The majority of the film takes place at night. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's very little shooting done during the day. I think Liam, you you were the one who who mentioned that. I didn't even notice it the first time, but
5: in the night or underground or when there's no electricity, yeah, there's definitely a theme of darkness. And somehow it's raining in every scene. It's crazy. <laughs> <sighs> I gotta move somewhere like that deep underground rain all and the rainy. Time.
0: All right, so I'll I'll start this off then. I liked it. Because I thought it was the best depiction of Batman that has probably been on film in terms of what I feel like Batman is. You have a really great depiction of Batman in Tim Burton's 1989 Batman. It is, it is a really cool look. It is very stylistic. It probably has one of the best scores in my opinion. I, I even liked the print stuff that was in there in contrast to the Danny Elfman, even though it was kind of jarring. But you had a lot of Bruce Wayne in that film. And I don't want to go see a Bruce Wayne film. Uh, Batman Begins and The Dark Knight are really excellent, excellent representations of Bruce Wayne becoming Batman and trying to figure out that whole process. But again, it's a lot of Bruce Wayne. This film was Batman. And one of the best parts of it by far to me was Robert Pattinson's betrayal of Batman and specifically his betrayal of Bruce Wayne because it was two totally different characters that he played. And you can tell. When he puts his costume on, he is a lot more confident, he's calm, he knows what he's doing. When he takes it off, it is uncomfortable to watch Robert Pattinson on screen. And that is how Bruce Wayne is at that moment in his life. He is an uncomfortable person. It is to him being naked, and so he's naked around everybody. And giving that feeling of this is not who I am, which is literally in the end of the movie, When the Riddler is talking about this is the true you with your mask on, that is almost the point of it. Batman is the real person. Bruce Wayne is the facade he puts on. So I really, really enjoyed that aspect, which no other film does because they always want a suave billionaire as opposed to somebody who is really struggling with their identity.
5: When I first heard that Robert Pattinson was going to be the Batman, I was like, there's absolutely no way this guy can pull off Batman like Batman actors should be like buff and attractive and like really draw you in and what uh, there's just no way but then watching the film he was the most convincing Batman of all of the iterations I've seen on film but I didn't care for his portrayal of Bruce Wayne I was creeped out by it. It gave me like Uncle Pedophile vibes. It really just—it was cringy. But his portrayal of Batman was just so convincing. I didn't even think twice about it as soon as it was on screen.
0: Hmm. I, I think that that's actually the the thing that I liked is because it was so stark different. It's not a suave billionaire, mm. and it is Batman yeah. in his early years, and he is trying to figure out himself. That's what I loved, and I. You can tell that as an actor, he made those choices, the way his posture was, the way he looked away from people, the way he was so uh, just awkward to be around. At Mm -hmm. first, while I was watching it, it was actually right up until about the funeral scene in the middle. I went, this guy's really weird and I don't like it. And then I realized exactly what was happening (laughs) and that he was just uncomfortable. He found his comfort within Batman. So it may not have been... To me, the Bruce Wayne that everybody would have liked to have seen, you know, somebody who is in control Mm -hmm. all the time. But, you know, when he he gets that cowl on, it's just, that is Batman.
5: Sidestep back to Michael Keaton's portrayal of Bruce Wayne. And we've become so accustomed to that suave, attractive, draw you in billionaire. Like Michael Keaton kind of played a nerdy guy. He just was like stumbling over how to be... A billionaire, I guess, he just wanted to be this down to earth dude and didn't know how to be a billionaire, which is a distinctly different way of portraying Bruce Wayne. But I liked it. It wasn't like cringy or anything. It was just kind of that bumbling goof.
2: (laughs) Well, I think, Mike, we had talked about this off camera and you were basically saying how you liked this Batman as well, because this was. Batman actually being a detective, which is what Batman should be and truly is, is that yeah. he's figuring all these things out, especially with like the Riddler questions and everything. Like, mm-hmm. it's not just like dumb luck of like, oh, yeah, this is what it is. Like, I've cracked the code. It's like he's delving headfirst of like, okay, how, let me figure this out step by step, mm-hmm. like a detective would.
0: Yeah.
5: The first two thirds of the movie was a whodunit. Which I absolutely loved, and it gave that opportunity for the detective superhero to come out. And in recent iterations, we haven't really gotten that. It's been more about vigilanteism or superhero fighting the bad guys, whatever. And it's lost that that investigative appeal that originally drew me into Batman. So the who done it aspect, like I'm always up for murder mystery. But, oh, so good. Yeah. So I really enjoyed the. Clue to clue and just trying to figure out what was going on. I also say the Riddler is my favorite villain in the Batman
4: universe. Yeah,
2: I don't know if I like this particular Riddler because he's so creepy.
4: Mm-hmm. I, like, I do like. He's definitely psychotic. And I think yeah, he, he yeah. played a wonderful psychotic Riddler. Mm-hmm. because it, it came out in a lot of his puzzles and it definitely in a lot of his, I guess, live streams they were. Like, I really liked, uh, was uh is it Paul Dano? Yeah, he's a fantastic uh, um, lo- actor.
0: Yeah, <laughs> great actor. I, I do feel, I liked his performance, but I do feel like it was played up a little bit too much at certain points. Sometimes, yeah. I think the best that he did was when the mask came off for him. That was much more convincing and creepy than with the mask on. But I still very, very much enjoyed it. In fact, I liked... I think, all of the acting in this film. There wasn't a single standout, really bad actor.
4: All the actors were probably my favorite iterations of these characters. Mm -hmm. Like, every actor was pinpoint dead on for these characters, and I loved it.
0: I do think, specifically, Batman started off as a character in detective comics, and he is supposed to be the world's greatest detective. One of the things that I really, really loved about the Arkham games or Batman being in them is that it was a mystery as you're playing. Yes, it was action and you were going around punching a bunch of people nonstop, but it was always a question and you're always trying to figure out the next yeah. step and solve the the overall mystery. So as the world's greatest detective, it only makes sense to try and make a film that goes back to almost a film noir roots with a superhero in it. And as much as people really love the the gritty realism and the grounding in the Christopher Nolan Batman series, this was so much more grounded and realistic to me in a, mm-hmm. a not oh, yeah. comic booky way. Now, one of the things I hated about the Tumblr in Christopher Nolan's movies was when Batman had to fire, for no apparent reason, his seat went to the center and then he had to go down and in. And then it would pop back up and go, and it just didn't make logical sense why you would make a vehicle that has to shoot like that when you can just push a button. So it's things like that that kind of brought me out of it.
5: Well, okay. The tumbler's original purpose, though, was not to fire weapons. It was to fire a mechanism that created a bridge yes. over water.
0: Yes, but why so would somebody need to if you would roll up to something in. and
5: park it and then have some kind of like direct aiming, maybe you needed to be able to see close to ground level to do something. That's yeah. the only thing that would make sense. But from yeah. the concept of firing weapons, it doesn't make any sense.
0: Well, I mean, it, it makes sense. If it was designed that way, but why would anybody design something that way? It's totally ridiculous. But in this film, you have Batman and his costume was probably my favorite. You can see he has Mm. like electric gloves that are very prominent. Everything that he has on his belt is not a ridiculous, for the most part, contraption or anything. It's not a belt of MacGuffins. His wingsuit was a little like, wait, where did that come from? But it also was a very cool way to show a brand new Batman, somebody who was Mm -hmm, learning and who was even fearful. He got to the top of that building and he went, oh boy, all right, I got to use this thing. And I thought it was just such a great way of continuing the action without making Batman seem like he's invincible, even though he does, you know, smack into a bridge and roll a bunch and then gets up and walks away.
4: I think that's the biggest thing that took me out of the realism was that moment. I did I really didn't like that moment because I'm just like, this man is dead on impact with that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like he is not surviving that whatsoever. But I I appreciate the amount of details that they really focused on, like gothic architecture. Yeah, the Um, sets. mm -hmm. The sets were amazing. Uh on top of like keeping I don't know why I love this, but I love when he took off his helmet or his mask and you still saw all the makeup he had on. Like they weren't hiding the fact that he had guy shadow on. Realistically, he's the only time I I felt like he was sneaky was when he wasn't on his feet. Like whenever he was like the moment I'm thinking of is when Catwoman's going in to get the passport and he's grappling down. And that's the only time I feel like he's really sneaky. The rest of the times he's walking really loudly. At people, and mm-hmm. I love that because I'm just like, he's got a lot of gadgets, and he's probably in, in a very heavy suit, so it feels like he's using that as an, an intimidation tactic, which even plays into ooh, the rest of the story and who he feels like he should be. So it's just there's so many wonderful little details in this movie, mm-hmm. and it's great.
2: I think for me, two things, especially, I actually wasn't really a fan of this movie, but. It's not bad. Like, I'd watch it again, but I wasn't like, that was the most amazing thing I've seen. I was just like, meh, okay. But I really did like the way that they established that Batman was already like a set thing with how in the beginning Mm -hmm. it was like all these different people doing the different crimes. And then they see the bat signal and they're like, oh, crap, is it for me? Are they coming for me? Like, I like how that's how they established, hey, he is feared in this city already. He has already established character. I know I've said it in other podcasts. I hate the origin stories. Like get it get it out of here. I don't care about origin stories anymore. And so for, for me, I I do like that this was, yeah, it was more of a detective who'd done it sort of film. And it was he was already established as Batman and you could just kind of move on from there. And I did really like that. I will say the thing that I didn't like about this, and this is going to be shocking. I didn't like the romance. I didn't think it needed to be in there. I felt like the romance between him and Catwoman was kind of forced, mm-hmm. and I get why they were doing it, but at the same time, I was just like, they could have just teamed up and been buddies. Like they didn't need, they didn't need that. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, earned like, at all.
0: Yeah, it, it did feel like it, really strange that it, it was just in there in general, and I think that. Zoe Kravitz did a great job as Catwoman, but she was hampered by the fact that they had to have a relationship. So then again, she just becomes mm-hmm. that sort of not damsel in distress because that's not what Catwoman is and she is kind of like more of a seductress, like you don't know which side she's actually on, but it it did not feel earned at all. I yeah. I think it was the like- weakest part of the movie.
2: I don't mind, especially because it being Catwoman, her being a seductress. I don't mind if there's like flirty parts or whatever. Sure, yeah, fine. But where it's like she's like, "Come with me," I'm like, "What? You've known him for two Why? seconds. Why would he come with you? Like that's so weird." Yeah, I, I think like, that, I think that was a weird choice for the writers. Putting the in last line, I
0: have for them a for Strays. It was that's just not yeah. enough to make Batman want to fall in love all of a sudden.
4: Yeah, exactly.
0: I I, I specifically. Yeah. Tommy, yes, the last scene just ruined it.
4: It's just ugh. yeah, it
5: kind of dragged on. It was unnecessary.
4: Yeah. It was, it was one
5: of those mm-hmm. movies that had multiple endings and they just didn't know how to wrap it up.
0: I think the, yeah. the last scene, and for me personally, the very opening scene were two scenes that just went on too long. The movie had a lot of pacing problems, but after watching it on HBO for a second time, I was thinking about those pacing problems and it really just seems like it was concentrated mainly in those two scenes where the intro Mm -hmm. and the outro are just too slow and they needed to get to the point a little bit quicker, in my opinion.
2: I know when I was talking about this with Liam, talking about the movie with Liam, getting off camera, he was saying, like Missy was just saying how it it felt like there were so many different endings. Like we were watching it. We're like, okay, this is the conclusion. Oh, there's Mm -hmm. more. Oh, this is the, oh, no, there's more. Okay. Yeah. And it was just like they open with
5: that Dear Diary kind of monologue. And then when he's up on the roof of the arena, you know, pulling people out and he's having another Dear Diary monologue that felt like a natural closing to the film to bookend, you know, how it had started. Like it just made sense to reflect it that way. And then there were like two more scenes after that. Why is this happening? Why did we just have this monologue to wrap things up? And then you decide not to wrap things up. What are you doing? Going back to what you said, Amy, about origin stories, I actually love origin stories, but it's important to distinguish. We've gotten the origin story like 17 times with Batman, so the <laughs> fact that they chose yeah. not to do it was a good choice. And like mad props to the writers. Thank you for not having the death scene again yeah. of his parents. Like, just stop. <laughs> uh, I man. didn't want to watch the movie just because I'm like, I don't want to go through this freaking again. You don't want
0: to see pearls falling and bouncing?
5: Yeah. please. Yes. <laughs>
0: Because uh, so, you don't
3: understand, <laughs> My parents
0: are dead. In
2: fact, like, yeah, we know. I you're thought, Batman.
0: I thought that at first it was a little uncomforting having Bruce and Martha be kind of not perfect. But I thought that was a really good change for this film. To yeah. show that they are just like everybody else. They shouldn't be idolized. They're always put in a pedestal. Yeah. Especially by Bruce. Just because yeah. they're dead.
2: Liam, what did you think of the movie? I
1: thought it was pretty good. Thought it was better than most Batman movies. I think the first two thirds, the first two acts, were really good, and the last act was good, but not really good. Liam definitely
0: said weakest. something on or off camera, off recording, I guess that.
2: Yeah, I, I just keep saying I off camera because I'm yeah, looking
0: at your face. I know, yeah. So whatever. Liam said something before we had this discussion that stuck with me because I think it's the best way of describing the third act is they had a writer's room. And they asked everybody, (laughs) what is an epic way to end the movie? And everybody started throwing out (laughs) ideas. And then they just said, okay, we're going to put all that in. And (laughs) they could have chose one or two less crazy ideas and it would have still worked. But the combination of a bunch of them is what Mm -hmm. made it fall a little too flat. It went from a very serious film noir detective story to all of a sudden Mm -hmm. a superhero You have to fight the big bad.
5: It shifted genres for that third act from your detective film to your superhero action adventure. And it was a little jarring. And it kind of pulls you out of the story because suddenly it's a totally different story.
3: Yeah.
0: I I liked it. I'm glad when they captured Riddler, I went, well, I guess Mm. this could be the end, but it doesn't feel like it. And I specifically did not want to watch Mm. my watch and figure out what time it was. So, I'm glad that it continued. It it was, oh no, there's one more step. It's not complete yet. And I do think that in the end, there were some really cool things that happened, but it just seemed a little bit like it betrayed its own movie in terms of storytelling Mm -hmm. to get that big climactic ending when it actually already just had a climactic ending.
2: One of the character dynamics that I really, really enjoyed, and I think you guys also enjoyed, was the character dynamic between. Batman and Alfred, the actor, Andy, uh, what is it? Uh, yeah, Gollum. Yeah, Gollum between Gollum and Batman. <laughs> between Circus. Gollum and Edward Cullen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Gollum and the vampire. Yeah, <laughs> Gollum and the vampire. No, I thought that their dynamic was, I really liked it. And I think, Mike, you said you liked how like proper
0: this Alfred was. Yeah, th- this was others. my favorite depiction of Alfred. Because he was just so, if you look at his posture... Throughout the film, when he sits in a chair, mm-hmm. he sat perfectly upright. he never slouched. <laughs> yeah. he was he was like the definition of what I would imagine a you know fancy English butler would be British service yeah very, very observant and composed and yeah I, I really really liked Andy Circus in it and i'm I'm glad that Andy Circus is getting more roles that are not captured, you know because he has like <laughs> yeah. every yeah. captured performance that's ever been on screen but it's good that he's he's getting more. And I'm sure that it helps with the uh, with Matt Reeves because Andy Serkis did a lot of the work for uh, the Planet of the Apes movies, which Matt Reeves' as director did. Mm-hmm. So maybe mm-hmm. that's why he was like, hey, you should be Alfred.
5: I was a little disappointed with the lack of Alfred's screen time because he did such a good job yeah. and he is such a, a critical character throughout the Batman universe that I just expected there to be more time with him. But when you think about how The story was focused on Batman, not on Bruce Wayne. It made sense to have limited Bruce Wayne characters on screen. Well, I was kind of thinking, because Mike
2: (laughs) was kind of non-sequitur, but Mike was saying how Batman's the greatest detective alive. And I was thinking, but what about Sherlock Holmes? Mm. And then I was (laughs) thinking, what if someone was like, I like Sherlock Holmes and Watson, but what if it was darker? And that's why Batman was made.
0: And Sherlock Holmes and Watson
2: (laughs) is like Batman and Alfred.
0: Robin, really, but I guess Robin came a lot later. I know, I know, I know.
5: (laughs) I was glad there was no like campy Robin esque aspect to this movie. Like it didn't, it didn't need that. But it did. I mean, did have it. It just. I know. I'm just saying. I'm glad it didn't have the campiness of the classic Batman and Robin dynamic. Did it have it?
0: So that young kid who was the. Mayor? Yeah, the mayor's son in the very, very opening scene. The one I thought was going too long was when you were in Riddler's mask and he's zooming around. One of the first things you see is the kid dressed up as Red Hood, which is an iteration Mm -hmm. eventually of a Robin. I can't remember which Mm -hmm. one, but I'm assuming that it was like an instant hint at, hey, this could be the Robin in the future. And the fact that Bruce Wayne saves him at the funeral, the fact that he saves him again as Batman at the stage itself. I I can Mm -hmm. only assume that that is Robin at some point.
5: They hinted or they alluded like and kind of built it up, but then they never actually did anything with it, at least in this movie. yeah, It was very serious and solemn instead of just goofy. And the same thing with the Riddler, like he was cringy and disturbing instead of that silly, goofy kind of playfulness that the Riddler usually has. So it, it just continued to contribute to yeah. the dark seriousness of this version.
0: I also really enjoyed Colin Farrell as the Penguin.
3: Liam <laughs> had
5: great. to tell me who it was. I had no clue. Yeah. I, I was shocked. I was like, "What? What? no, that can't be right. I had to look it up. I was so surprised. He did a great job, though.
2: I saw a meme online. It was like... Proof that Hollywood still won't hire an ugly person to play any
3: character. <laughs> yeah,
4: <laughs> that's true. Well, I do like, I know this is so stupid. I'm so glad they did it. I'm so glad they made the penguin waddle. Yeah. The very yes. end, that was really <laughs> funny. That was, it was so great. That entire scene was, I don't think it was intentionally funny, but when Gordon shows him the picture of his like, absolutely like mutilated partner and penguin goes come on what are you showing me here and then like (laughs) gordon and penguin are now just like yelling back at each other like come on come on (laughs) and i just i laughed out loud in the theater it was it was (laughs) dumb it was so dumb but it was wonderful yeah Mm. and then yeah right after he waddles
2: it's also interesting to see the dynamic of people's reaction to the batman versus bruce wayne yes as well Mm -hmm. that was really interesting and fun to watch Even just him going to the club, like, I thought that was really, really
0: cool. Yeah, when he went to talk to Falcone after he already, like, beat up the Penguin and captured him and the Penguin's looking at Bruce Wayne and says something like, hey, sport, what you doing here? Or something like that, you know, it was. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it was that there was a really great moment. And I, I enjoyed a lot of parts like that. I think my biggest complaints were the pacing overall. And the forced love interest, especially if you're going to ever bring Catwoman back because she is a staple, then maybe you can start slowly exploring it over other films. But it didn't seem like the character of Batman or Bruce Wayne really needed it, and it didn't contribute to Mm -mm. too much.
2: Screw Catwoman. I want Poison Ivy.
0: Yeah. She's my favorite lady character. Well, it'll be... be Interesting to see. It has been officially greenlit for a sequel with Matt Reeves and Robert Pattinson returning. Originally, he was not supposed to. He, I guess, declined, but he said he's on board for another one and assuming got a pretty decent paycheck to come back for the <laughs> yeah. sequel. So I'm, I'm interested in seeing where they can take the story, if they have to deal more with Batman trying to figure out how to balance everything out, because I did really enjoy that part of the ending, when he's talking and saying, I can't just be vengeance, I have to be something more. You know, he realized that his inspiration was probably the wrong inspiration, and he needed to to step it up in a sort of different way. So I'm interested in seeing what they decide to write and how they, they go about with the characters.
5: In most iterations of Batman, it's Batman is trying to be a symbol for good and is sliding towards darkness. But this one batman's completely entrenched in darkness and is discovering that what people actually need is a symbol for good
0: yeah that's yeah. It, it's so it a great took way of the it. opposite
5: direction yeah. so maybe the next one will be his attempts at being that symbol of hope instead of the symbol of fear
4: i know you could pro- i know it'd be it wouldn't be a batman movie but it could definitely be the opposite where it's just showing a lot more bruce wayne and less batman the idea yeah, he's just trying to like figure out who who should Bruce Wayne be? Cause he can also be useful. I mean, yeah. I don't think it would be something I would want to see particularly, but I was but saying it is it's a direction it's, they could take. Yeah. It would be the exact opposite of the, the, the first movie.
0: I think the way to do that would be to bring Robin in. Mm-hmm. He all of a sudden, obviously Bruce Wayne in the film cared about this kid. Cause he saw himself in the kid and he wanted to mm-hmm. protect the kid and he felt bad about it. So if he is now having to split his time between helping protect this kid and do you know nighttime crime fighting that could be a way to introduce humanity to him and slowly show how how inept he is at being a father yeah. figure
1: i think the next movie will definitely have a theme of hope over this movie which is definitely very vengeance mm-hmm. themed
5: and despair
1: yeah and this movie was definitely very like red in color and i think the next movie will and maybe if there's a third, because I think it probably will be a trilogy, we'll, we'll choose different colors for their themes. Oh, it yeah, like, 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 would be kind of interesting. Because, yeah. Switching to, like, orange and then yellow? No, I was thinking, like, Hope <laughs> would be, like, yellow. And then, like, the third, or the second one, which would be Hope, would be yellow. And, like, the third one might be, like, Justice or something, which could be blue. Hmm.
0: Yeah, it'd, yeah. it'd be cool. It'd be it'd interesting cool to that. see what they actually do in terms of, like, cinematography.
5: Assuming the next one we'll touch on, like Harvey Dent, since they intentionally showed him in that last scene or the next last scene, whichever one it was. Did I miss that? That
1: wasn't Harvey Dent. That wasn't
5: Harvey. That wasn't Two Face.
1: That was the Joker. See, I thought that was Two Face. -face His
5: face was.
1: Yeah, it was fucked up. Yeah.
5: Yeah, I I
1: thought it was.
5: I thought it was
2: Two Face as well, but then the boys were like, "No, no, no! He was laughing, so it's clearly Joker." I was like, "Yeah, but what if it's not? What if they purposely want you to think it's Joker, and it's actually yeah. Two Face?" Because I would love Two-face a Batman story. Also known story. for laughing. Yeah, I would yeah. love a Batman story without Joker, and I know that that's like yeah. blasphemy. But no, like, all agree. he's. But <laughs> <got> it's <laughs> yeah.
5: been done over and over. We don't need it again. So yeah. there
1: was a deleted yeah. scene. That you oh, can look up on YouTube for that's like five minutes long. It's um Batman goes interrogate Joker on help of fighting the Riddler.
3: Yeah.
0: And mm-hmm. and one of the things in that scene specifically is the Joker says it's almost our anniversary. So the Joker and especially the thugs at the beginning, they were Joker thugs. Mm-hmm. They He has already been captured. So I don't think he has to be a main element. You don't have to explore it that much. I, I do like the idea of exploring some of the other villains, although
3: mm-hmm. the
0: Joker is the, you know, the shadow of Batman. He is the, the mirror, the dark world mirror, I guess. So I understand that the carrot, the guy who they got to play it in the deleted scene and the other one. In fact, I think what they should have done personally is if they deleted that one scene, they should have also deleted the scene where the Joker talks to the Riddler because it, to me, it was just unnecessary. It was like, oh, it's the Joker, but hmm. you know, you're
2: yeah, you're like, oh, okay, whatever. I mean, they do have a deleted scene, but they could also they could also switch it around because yeah, it's, maybe it's a deleted scene because they decided that that's not the Joker. Who knows? But no, they... maybe if they have the Joker in the next one, maybe he is kind of like just in jail, like he doesn't break out, and now he's the main villain of the care of the the sh- thing. Maybe he's just doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff, and so he's more of a supporting villain character. To all of the other villains that are out there which i think would be interesting and fun but
0: yeah what do i know it, the deleted scene it was it was interesting it was a, a different take on the joker being as different as you can be with the character but i i did enjoy it in general and i i would like to see more of how they try to portray that character because there are so many different ways that you can and there's been a lot of really iconic ways to display the joker obviously this one looks like it's definitely more of a something bad happened, probably the, the chemical vat or vat of acid, you know, Joker origin story. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm, I'm interested in seeing if they do some more. What about the score by Michael Gacino? Oh,
2: I really remember it. I'm sure it was I remember
5: good. <laughs> liking it while I listened to it, but it kept bringing me into the Star Wars like Imperial March. Yeah. It, I just kept sliding I, I into that. I completely understand I struggled that. to think of it as its own music.
0: I can totally see that. I think the first time I listened to it, uh, or when I watched it in theaters, I thought the same thing. I I was not very excited by the score. And so when I watched it on HBO Max, that was one of the things I was definitely focusing on was, was the score bad or was I just not paying attention to it, I guess. And I do like the fact that there are themes for most characters that are mm-hmm. interweaved together in the score very lightly, which is always a fun thing when you're composing, trying to make themes work together. But yes, I, I did have that Imperial March almost, or that, you know, funeral march like theme bringing it on. But it wasn't, it wasn't bad. It was, it was just okay, in my opinion. Not one of his best scores, obviously.
4: I, I definitely enjoy. His score for this, and I think uh, upon second viewing, I really appreciate all the atmosphere he did within his score, because there was a lot of wonderful horror elements in his score, and I appreciated that, and it wasn't like stingers, it was more tension, and he was re- he re- was really good at building light tension in his score. I don't think it necessarily was like super musical, and you're like, I want to listen to this, but it, I think... It did what it needed to do. I, Other I than that, yeah. I feel that the score feels like not TV quality because, you know, obviously there's some TV that's good with their scores, but like it just kept repeating that Batman theme over and over and over and hitting it over and over again. And I know it was supposed to be the loudest and most prominent and the one you're supposed to hear over and over again. But as as a listener, I was getting tired of it by the end, I think.
0: There was a couple small cheesy parts to me in the score. I don't know what the term is, but it's when violins sound like they're creeping, or strings in general sound like they're doing like that pizzicato, creepy noise sound. And you know when the Riddler killed the uh, mayor, I think in the beginning, it did that right as he hit it. It was like strings going high intense vibrato and in this picky sort of sound it was just it was it was kind of cheesy to me considering everything else that i know he's done i agree that this score fit what it needed to do but i think it could use a little bit more variety and i'm i'm hoping that he comes back for the next one to to add to the score i will say there's there's two things first of all i think if they're going to have another villain they might have bane come in They specifically teased it at the very end when Batman is almost knocked out and he pulls out of his pocket a little vial and shoots it into himself and Mm -hmm. goes into a crazy rage Mm. because that is most likely the venom that Bane uses. Mm -hmm. So it could be interesting, like that gets out on the market and then he has to stop a bunch of thugs or something. I don't know. I really enjoyed the scene where the Batmobile is turning on. Mm. Because Mm -hmm. first viewing, it was very long and it was very like, okay, I get it. But the sound design for it and the slow buildup that they're doing, I I just really, really enjoyed that scene. In fact, I liked this Batmobile almost more than any other that I've seen because of its simplicity. It was just a car with a giant jet engine on it and bulletproof windows.
4: (laughs) Every attachment doesn't, it isn't like, this is... The bat grappling hook, because there's, it's in the shape of a bat, and you're like, that's stupid. <laughs> no, it's very, it's very sleek in its design. The yeah. Batmobile mm-hmm. was sleek. His motorcycle was sleek. Like it all, it all felt like his. Style without directly saying I'm Batman. <laughs> yeah, I also well, like the fact
5: plausible. Yeah, I like the fact to like to, really to get
0: away with his motorcycle, big. he just drove into the subway and he you know went yeah. to these yeah. small passages. To me, it's always been one thing that I hate is how Batman's driving, and then all of a sudden he's in the woods when he was just in the city, and now he's you know deep in the woods and he's driving into like a rock cave. And you're going, wait, how far is Batman driving to his job every day? It must be
4: pretty <laughs> far. <laughs> do Do you guys have any Favorite scenes in particular, like would that would that Batmobile scene be your favorite, Mike, or just one of your favorites?
0: Yeah, it was it was a it's just a really fun part. My favorite scene, the thing that I, but we'll talk about this coming up a little bit. But the thing that I noticed is I was not on board with the movie because of the very slow, slow intro. I did like the Batman in the shadows, but there was something about it, the pacing, to me, especially that Paul Dano regular scene in the beginning. I think it just went on way too long. And it didn't add creepiness; it added like I know he's gonna kill the guy, so why do I care? So it took a while for me to catch up with the tone of the movie and the pacing and then during that church scene with the funeral, right when he was walking in and right when you heard the noises outside, I recognized that I was really invested in what was going to go happen and i I was going oh what, what's what's the next piece? What's coming up and it took me out for a second and went, oh, actually, I'm really enjoying this movie. So I think that scene stuck out for me for some reason, because it, it showed me that I was actually on board with what was happening and that the pacing problems that I was kind of turned off with in the beginning had corrected themselves. Mm. What about you? What was what was a, a scene for you?
4: The I think my favorite scene was when Gordon's taking Batman down a. Hallway full of cops to the murder of the mayor and it's in the perspective of Batman and instead of just like putting in dialogue that the cops are uncomfortable the cops are looking straight at the camera which is you Batman at this moment so you feel uncomfortable so that entire like slow walking where everyone's turning and looking straight at you especially in the theaters I was like oh my god that's pretty good I I really 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 appreciated that scene. I actually really enjoy also the, I I think the pacing for the first scene is fine. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's fine personally for me because it's like super slow and then all the rest of the slow paced movie kind of doesn't feel as slow because of that one. And two, because there's a, a plot and subplot going on in that first scene and you're actually getting way more information to your subplot than you are to your plot and the subplot plays into the rest of everything, but it's basically talking about the, the the mayoral race going on right now, and the election, and what he's having to deal with, and you can see he's kind of, like, semi-corrupt during that phone call, but it's like, that phone call wasn't just useless information, everything felt like, like, I, yes, I knew he was gonna kill him, and he was, like, reveling in that fact, because he's a psychopath, but, I also really enjoyed the fact that we were just getting a bunch of subplot information during that scene, so I, it was like I do agree. Everything with that. felt like you know it's it,
0: good. it taught you about the the mayoral race renewal. It gave you the idea that he's corrupt. That actually wasn't the big big problem. I did enjoy that because it was moving along. It was him. It was specifically the the jo- or not the Joker, the Riddler looking through the glasses into the house. It was about a thirty forty five. 50 second scene just felt like it was going on and on and on. And that was
5: that part was unnecessary. Yeah. And it was also confusing because you don't know. Like when I saw it at first, I was thinking, okay, this is somebody looking at Batman as a child, Bruce Wayne as a child and his parents. Mm-hmm. and maybe they're setting it up for, like, the killing the parents scene, right? Because they just always assume that's happening. And then when it bounces, like, to the mayor, like, I didn't realize this is still the same scene. It's just moved inside. Like, it was a little
3: confusing and for perhaps me.
0: Perhaps that was the reason why they did it that way, was to give you a false expectation of what was about to happen. Once you realize it's the mayor, you're going, mm-hmm. okay, well, that's not Bruce Wayne, so what's what's the, the point?
1: Yeah. There's so many good scenes in this movie. I think it might be the opening monologue might be the best scene. Also, uh, Bat, Bru- uh, what is his face? Alfred. <laughs> like Bat Bruce, dying but not dying.
3: Mm. That
1: was a pretty good scene. That was really well done. Oh, the scene where Catwoman has like the recording in her eye, and Bruce <sighs> Wayne or Batman is like Catwoman, like going through this whole thing down in like the deep. Whatever. I thought it was a unique scene. I thought it was a pretty good scene.
2: What is cool because it does show like the technology that he has available. And Mm -hmm. so I thought that that was an interesting scene for their interactions, but then also for, yeah, to kind of show like his gadgets or whatever that he has. I thought that was pretty cool.
1: Also, I really like when Batman escaped the police thing because it was, instead of showing, instead of doing that classic Batman thing where he just kind of disappears, he's gone they actually show what happens during that disappearing scene this is actually what he does yeah. he does just magically actually...
5: disappear he
2: has to work yeah.
1: for it yeah Well,
2: i i thought the interaction between him and and gordon was funny too like yeah look tough like look like we're fighting or whatever i i always love when that happens where you have to like act one way but really you're like i love you i love you so much I'm gonna Punch you right now i'm going to you know i i don't know i love i love that kind of fun dichotomy there so yeah that, that was a good scene
0: there was one small eye rolling moment in that scene. I did like it in general. I like the fact that they got up close and all that. But when he was escaping and he goes up like four flights of stairs and then all of a sudden a bunch of cops burst through the door as he's like on his way up to the top. Well, I, I think they show it they so it's like it there.
4: in the different floors you see like cops have all been warned or something like that real fast. So you see like different floors cops are running through the hallway.
5: They hear running outside. I mean, if you're in a police department and you hear running outside your door, you're going to respond.
2: I will say when they are at the I think it's the murder of the mayor. I love Mm -hmm. the part where Batman just walks over to a clue that like somebody misses and they just kind of like scuttle in after him and like put a little marker down or they take a picture. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was was like, that's that's pretty funny.
0: He does it a couple of times. I mean, he does it right with the with the thumb being severed. He said he was still alive when it was severed. And then he gives the medical definition for it. And yeah. it's just so it's showing how observant he is when he gets that carpet tool from the Riddler's apartment. It was the same thing. He was saying, well, this is linked because that was that thing that made that mark. In the apartment, so mm-hmm. he was constantly well, making he, those connections. I
2: was gonna say he didn't recognize that it was one of the cops because he said like, "Oh, my brother-in-law or my brother or something is a carpenter, right?" No, no. he he recognized he, he what recognized the tool was, it was a for. thing His
5: brother-in-law identified. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't the first yeah. time Almost that they went it. to the Riddler's apartment, and he pulled it out from the the cage where that bat was. They said, "What's that?" And he said, "A murder weapon," because he knew right away. By looking at this, by remembering that mark in the floor, this was the murder weapon. When he went back the next time and he was looking at it, that's when the other cop was like, it's a floor tool.
2: Yeah, no, that's what I was talking about the second time he went back.
0: I was talking about the first time. He he immediately made oh, the connection sorry. that nobody else did ahead of everybody else. Oh, okay. He okay. saw evidence that people did not, because he's a damn good detective, because he's Batman. He's Batman.
4: Since you know a lot about this movie, Mike, or just anyone else, how the fuck did Riddler know that falcone was the rat or was it a complete guess and he was like bringing the rat into the light and he was hoping batman would solve it so he could murder it essentially yeah like that's that's what i got from the movie
1: was that riddler had figured out most of the things going on You just needed Batman to bring the proof to the world. Yes. And to give the little connections he hasn't gotten himself and then to bring the rat out into the light, obviously, and kill him. That's
4: what I that's what I figured for But I don't know of the murders he committed, but I just wanted to know how he knew Falcone was involved, because that's such like an airtight secret. So
0: I don't think it really is. If he lived across the street, he probably saw politicians and stuff come all the time. Plus, he also had the renewal documents in his house, which means he probably put those oh, together yeah. ahead of time and realized, okay, this renewal is going into various places through whatever means and realized, like, Falcon and didn't he, was in control.
1: He worked for something to do with it. Mm-hmm. He worked for, he was, like, an accountant or something. I yeah. can't remember. We'll he, he was, was a forensic for accountant. Yep. Yeah. And forensic a accountant. For yeah. Yeah. yeah.
5: dive in and find all the investigative pieces mm-hmm. of criminal activity to me it came across as he discovered all this evidence and he knew that if he revealed it he'd be killed he that his findings would never see the light of day yeah they would never allow it so instead he created this elaborate thing to draw in not only the great detective right but to capture the attention of the city nothing captures people's attention like terror and so by having all the eyes fixed on what's happening, the people involved couldn't just make it go away. They couldn't just make him go away.
0: Hmm. But to me, the, the biggest piece of like plot armor that is really stupid, if you think about this, so it might ruin a little bit for you, is the Raidler had an amazing plan for everybody involved. He got into the mayor's house. He kidnapped the DA and put a collar on him and forced him to do this. He kidnapped the chief of police. He sent a package to Bruce Wayne. The package is all he could do with a for your eyes only, Bruce Wayne. Like it's, it's just a very weak point if it mm-hmm, was one of yeah. his main targets, and the only reason why that's the case is because they't did want: to Yeah, he can't it. kill Batman. I think
1: yeah.: <laughs> He expected they were all everybody else he was going for were like at one point in law enforcement, and so they, they were smarter, and they knew how to defend themselves better, but he expected Bruce Wayne, just some dumb billionaire, to just be dumb and not know what he's doing. Not think. Yeah.
5: Well, he wanted to make Bruce Wayne suffer because of like learning the truth about his father.
0: And, yeah. specifically, and his parents, but 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 specifically Bruce Wayne was the, the the orphan that everybody adored. So that was more mm-hmm. of a personal revenge. Mm-hmm. It
5: just seems He wanted to bring him down. Yeah.
0: In in this complex web where he figured everything out and he could bring everybody together. It, sending a package to Bruce Wayne seems like the worst way to do that.
1: But I think Bruce Wayne was probably his least important target.
0: It seems mm. like it until that because end scene. It was I more know. of a
1: personal one. when
0: you think that he knows.
1: Yeah, in the end scene, yeah, it. He was like, yeah, well, he was the only one we were able to get. We were only one. He was the only one we weren't able mm-hmm. to get. But it didn't matter. We still brought down like everything. Still brought down the whole system or whatever.
5: Bruce Wayne didn't necessarily need to be punished for what happened because he wasn't directly involved in the corruption. Yeah, His crime or his sin, rather, was his failure to utilize his money for good to help the city. So maybe seeing all of this and making him have to face what his father did might prompt him to action. Um, It'll hurt him, but maybe it'll also
1: push him.
0: I I do think that. The main reason why he went after Bruce Wayne was not because of his father, but it was because of how he felt as an orphan.
1: He's a very emotional person, and I think he, um, there's just a, a mixture of there many things that pushed him to that, I guess. Bruce Wayne's definitely that one target that didn't really fit in with the rest of them because he wasn't directly linked to the the whole mystery that was unraveled, but. There was definitely many reasons why he was there. And I there's many reasons why I feel like he wouldn't, because he wasn't directly to that, that Unraveled Mystery, that he was just like, he didn't care as much about Bruce Wayne compared to the rest. But there's definitely a bit of plot armor there, I can see, but I don't think it's too bad that really ruins It's,
0: it it's not too bad. It's just, in a, the Riddler's overarching scheme, it's one of the weakest parts when I step back and view it. Of course, the idea that he can... Walk up to the district attorney outside of a club and put a collar on him, and nobody else notices. It's also a weak spot, but whatever. Yeah, wasn't
4: it? Wasn't really that the walking up. It was just like he puts the collar on, and then the horn is honking for like eight, nine seconds. You're like, no one looked over.
0: Yep, yeah. and then he's got a a little flashing collar that's super bright around him. Although it did kind yeah. of look like police exactly. lights, so maybe people would stay away. At least that was the excuse I gave it. I don't know. I don't
1: know, yeah. In such an overpopulated city, I feel like somebody would figure see that or check it's something especially out Especially
4: in that club. There's so much traffic
1: or in Or maybe that's
5: why not, because there's mm-hmm. so much seediness going on there it's true. that it's a don't ask, don't tell environment. We just don't pay attention to any other crime going on here. Mind our own business and get out of Dodge.
0: But it's very true. There, There is a very, very brief shot in there where it shows the iceberg lounge and it shows the Riddler in the house across the street in the window. But it's, you know, a little bit zoomed out so you can't really see exactly. But it's very early on in the movie and it it shows, yeah, okay, he's been there the whole time. This is his plan. You know, once you go back and see it, you Mm -hmm. go, oh, okay, yeah, that's Mm -hmm. him in the corner there.
2: Was he wearing sunglasses and a baseball cap?
0: (laughs) 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 It was just like a little silhouette sort of thing. No,
4: um, I, I know. It was yeah. as a joke that went bad. Oh, for hiding? Um, <laughs> disguises? Marvel yeah. disguises? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You forgot the hoodie. Sometimes they have a hoodie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. You're right.
0: All right. I am going to say that we've been going on for a while. So I'm going to give my final thoughts for Batman, and I can let everybody else do their same thing. I'm sorry. The Batman. Pretty good movie. Not the best movie. Had some flaws. Very enjoyable. Do we need another Batman film? No. Am I happy that they made one? Yes, I'll give it about an 8 out of 10. I don't know. I don't like giving it score, so forget the score. I give it a share. Go watch it. It's fun. Out of what? <laughs> watch it or don't. <laughs> okay. <they're good.
3: laughs>
2: I, I thought it was an okay movie. If you like Batman, watch it. If you don't, I don't know. Go ice skating. Whatever. <laughs> That's it. That's my review. <laughs> oh, okay.
5: I thought it was a refreshing version of Batman. It got back to the core of some of what Batman was, but from a much, much darker approach. Lots of different reasons to watch it. Give it a watch.
4: Nighttime's really scary, and Batman is slow movie that's really scary.
1: (laughs) 10. That's my review, Liam. (laughs) It was pretty good. It was slow until it wasn't. If you like batman watch this it looks and sounds pretty too about eight eight eight
4: point five so in reality a 17 out of 20 is what you're saying <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> 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 That's
4: we well
2: wonderful thank you all for joining us We really, truly do appreciate you listening to all of our Batman talk, and we hoped you had a good time listening. And if you didn't, thanks for listening. Why are you still listening? What's going on? (laughs) We would love to hear from you. What was your favorite Batman? Did you like this Batman? And we want to hear what your your creative prompt is, what you did for Fan, and we want to hear what you're going to do for Rigged, which again is the new creative prompt if you want to reach us we'd love to hear from you we are on twitter instagram youtube and reddit we are 1l2n productions or you can reach us at our website which is one l 2 nproductionscom and if you like what we're doing and you want to help show your support for what we're doing you can head on over to our patreon and the last word of the day goes to oh that is cocked liam take it away
1: um if you build a man a fire, he'll be warm for a day. If you set a man on fire, he'll be warm for the rest of his life.